podcast that brings you 438 miles between each other. That's right, Lubbock and CSTAT College Station are separated by 438 miles. My name is George Koff, and alongside me is my co-host Desmond McLaughlin. Good morning, Desmond. Good morning, George. How you doing, man? I'm doing fantastic. And yourself? Doing great. Well, glad that you were able to uh, join us. Desmond's going to be joining us every week. We're going to be doing this together, giving you a little bit of an insight to what we thought about the college football weekend, at least for the fall. And as we get later into the winter, into the spring, we'll probably focus on basketball, baseball, whatever college has to offer us. Uh, so uh, we h- glad that you're able to join us for this fantastic morning of discussion on this Tuesday, September the 4th. We did see lots of good college football over this Labor Day weekend. And uh, we're going to start off with the first game that happened this week, which was Texas A&M playing Northwestern State here in Kyle Field and College Station. Um, definitely was really good things. Uh, A&M, Trevion Williams, was solid. He, uh, he had 240 yards, three touchdowns. He started the third, ga- the third play of the game, 75-yard touchdown, Broke a few tackles. He looked really good. I'm not going to say he's a dark horse Heisman candidate. I'll definitely say that he has provided he has provided times in the past where we think he might be, and then he kind of slows down. And mind you, Northwestern State is like a high school team. I mean, high school in that quotes. That is true. That is true. And uh, but put it this way, Desmond. 500 our 500 total rushing yards or it was like 510 or something like that was the second most in school history in one game it's dating back to the southwest conference days with baylor in 1990 so i mean that just shows you that even with even with the the powerful sec we weren't reaching those numbers until last year or until this year so um, depth at running back is really good. The quarterbacks, I thought Starkle was go- Nick Starkle. I thought he was going to start all through fall camp. I really was not. Uh, I really didn't think that Kellen Mond was going to get the starting gig over him. And then when Fisher named him that, I was in sitting in class and literally just like, really? I'm kind of surprised. But he surprised me. Two touchdowns. Had a rushing touchdown as well. He still needs help on his passing, but he definitely looks more improved. And, um, you know, we only had one turnover, but that was, you know, with the third strings. And you really, I guess you somewhat may, quote unquote, expect that. But, you know, winning 59 to 7, pretty good day. And uh, can't wait for, for this week with college game day being here and Clemson coming to town. Not knowing what Kyle Field's going to be like. They've been here before, but never in the new 102,000 Kyle Field. Speaking uh, of uh, speaking of A&M quarterbacks, what do you think about your former quarterback, Kyler Murray, just going off for Oklahoma this week? I mean, I'll tell you what. Uh, we like to call him an, a, a half-ass Aggie because <laughs> he was only here for, like, half his freshman year. And he just really wasn't – like, he was good. But, I mean, when you're, when you're getting the starting job over Kyle Allen, you're like, screw this. I'm going to go somewhere else. Like, right, okay. right. And so – being able to see him in Oklahoma definitely is surprising, but you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen, and Desmond, you're here, you're hearing this first. Kyler Murray, he's gonna go to baseball. Just say throwing it out there. He's not. He's a good ba- football quarterback, but have you seen him play baseball? My word, like. I mean, they play, they play. They 
pay really well in the MLB too. You know, I wouldn't blame them. Yeah. So yeah, I think, and I think for Saturday, you know, against Clemson, we're we're the underdogs is what they're the Vegas is telling us we're twelve point underdog, but Clemson's gonna be intimidated, especially the first half, and I think uh, I think it will start to test how well A and M, how Jimbo really kind of. His first big game, see what he can do. He's played Dabo Sweeney and the Clemson Tigers before. How is he going to adapt the A&M team to be ready for that? And I think that's what's going to be interesting to see. You heard it here first, 31-27, Texas A&M is going to win. Upset, first big upset of the season. Uh, Upset, Clemson, that's a very very broad statement there, George. I'll put it this way. I think there's a better chance of A&M beating Clemson than there is beating Alabama this season. Hmm. So, uh, home field advantage means a lot in college. But you guys weren't at home. You were in Houston. What's the status in Lubbock? What's what's going on in Texas Tech? Well, George, this weekend we showed up in the first half and didn't show up in the second half. You know, I liked what I saw. Um, running back Ward, you know, he ran for 90 yards, uh, 5.3 average, which is I think a running game in college football is very key. You've seen that from Alabama in the past yeah. before. Um but let's talk about that catch by T.J. Vasher Holy all over ESPN moly. this week. I mean, the, even the broadcasters, the commentators were shaking. They were like, what is going on? Yeah, dude, definitely a shout-out from OBJ. And also, he he, uh, he also had 66 yards that game for a 16.5 average. So I definitely think he's a receiver we need to locate more, you know? Yeah, I, I, I definitely see that. Um, but the big key was first quarter, starting quarterback. McLean Carter gets injured. Definitely a loss that we're really going to need. Ooh, I didn't realize the starting QB got hurt. But yes. I guess it would make sense if if it was a loss of 20, you know, 44, what is it, 46 to 26 or 47, 27? 47, 27. Yeah, 47, 27. And was it, you know, losing him in the first half definitely is going to, uh, you know, have a, a impact on your second half offense. Right, and he's also unsure to come back for week two against Lamar. But um, the thing that stuck out to me was most was the zero points in the fourth quarter. Going unanswered. Yikes. Yikes. Yes. Not good. Especially, Especially against the, Ole Miss. Right, and a good, a, a okay SEC team. Texas Tech's not used to playing with that caliber, but they are used to playing like okay Big 12 teams like Oklahoma, Texas, you know, TCU, Baylor. Right. But I, I see them struggling this year, especially with Cliff Kingsbury on the hot seat this year. Oh yeah, he, his seat ain't just hot; it's it's starting to smoke a little bit because on fire. <laughs> I, I mean, it's very much like what we here at A&M treated someone last year when he lost to L- UCLA. I mean, tempers were already starting to flare, and he just couldn't show. He couldn't. He couldn't put uh, results that we wanted, that the university or that the fans wanted, and you know. I'll say this right now. I'm not a fan of the Big 12. I always find that the Big 12 somewhat – it's strong, but, I mean, you always see Oklahoma, TCU. Right. Um, Oklahoma State to a certain degree. Those are really the only guys that come out of it. And right now, if Texas Tech isn't careful, they're going to be stuck in the lower half with Baylor, Texas, K- Kansas State, um, and, and even Iowa State for a certain degree. I mean, right, right. Iowa too, yeah. That you can't become irrelevant in the Big Twelve because the Big Twelve, quite frankly, is already irrelevant. And so, um, Desmond, can you hear me? 
Yes. We're back. We're back. We had a technical difficulties here. You good? There. I think. I, I think it. Oh, this little bear just a second ago. There we go. Sorry for those technical difficulties. Our first one. You know, we're always gonna have that. But like I was saying, I think the Red Raiders need to get back on track. They have that opportunity against Lamar this weekend. First home game. I'm assuming you'll be attending. Of course. Of course, I always show off my Red Raider spirit. <laughs> and uh, I think uh, I think definitely if you can get a win over the University of Houston with Ed Oliver and them the week prior, you're in good shape too. Yes. So looking ahead to uh, – I, I think Lamar is going to be a big win. What about you? Mm -hmm. you think you think it's going to be – I get Lamar just in the same category as Northwestern. I think that it should be an easy win, you know, something that gets the team pumped for the season, you know. Yeah. Get their spirit high. Get, get Cliff Kingsbury's seat to be a little bit not as warm. Right. And also give the new backup quarterback a chance to, like, work on his stuff and just get ready with the offense. Is he a true freshman or is he straight up red shirt? Like, or what are uh, you looking at? Uh, true freshman. Oh, so he's he's guy. He's just like what we had last year when Starkle went down. Mon had to get thrown into the fire. Right. Right. So, so looking ahead, I know there was a big game on Sunday. You know, we're not used to seeing college football on Sunday until uh, you know, until towards the end of the season. In fact, I don't even think there is one bowl games on Sundays. Uh, at the end of the season, but we had a big game in Jerry World in Dallas, Miami and LSU, mm. and uh, Coach Orgeron for LSU, excuse me, for LSU, we thought he was on the hot seat. Good grief. Not anymore. I don't think so anymore. I think he brought a strong, a focused ment uh, mentality and team to AT&T Stadium, and they went in there, and their one, their one goal was to beat Miami not to try to go around that and they did it 33 to 17 i mean i don't know what else you can ask for if you're lsu i definitely agree especially when you come out top 10 team and just dominate like that you prove you have proven that you can compete i mean the the preseason top 25 is sometimes a little I mean, off a little off because right. you don't know you don't have any balance prior you know prior you may have like i always say the top tw five you know, Bama, Clemson, Ohio State, um, uh, you, Georgia, and Wisconsin. That was not in that order, but the, that was the top five. Those were pretty solid. You know those are going to be good teams. But right, everything after, But everything after the top five is kind of like, okay, we just got to wait to see what happens. Because you can't – I mean, okay, the Washington-Auburn game, like, if I would have known better – Washington would not have been top 10, maybe top 15, but mm. they were not – they just didn't look like a top t team. I mean, that's, we're getting off track, but, like, that was – they they were not looking like that. And Miami, to a certain degree, they did not look like a top 10 team. But it's still a big win for LSU, and it's still – And considering you're a Maggie, uh, how do you feel about a fellow SEC team just being that dominant? Well – you know, it scares me because the mentality here is that we want to beat LSU. We haven't beaten them since we joined the conference in 2012. And we were like, this is our year. This is our year. We're at home. We're playing a team that's probably going to be pretty, you know, they're going to be pretty depleted because I'm still saying they're going to have a 7-5 and five record. I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to, you know, conclude that in that seven, one of those seven 
uh, wins is not to, uh, to not over us. That's you know other teams. I just think LSU. You look at their schedule. They've got Mississippi State at home, Bam on the road, uh, Auburn at home. Even even home field advantage. Speaking, they're just they're playing hard teams at the beginning of the season. That right. that is hard to to kind of finish or start off strong. It's very much like A&M too. We've got to start off strong, and if we don't, we're gonna to have to make up for it in October, November, and that's gonna be tricky too. Mm. I just I was gonna ask this question, but. What do you think is more important to the college football play, uh, race and lookout or outlook? A Miami loss or an LSU win? I definitely think an LSU win because, as you said, the top 10 rankings for like Miami might be off. So I don't think it matters as much as like another SET team being dominant. I, I think that could shake up the whole conference, the I whole definitely league itself. Agree. And, and, and now you look at the ACC with last night with Florida State getting tromped by, you know, uh, uh, getting destroyed by Virginia Tech. I mean, a big surprise there. You know, you, you don't know what to expect from the ACC. You're going to have Clemson, and then everybody else is just going to have to file in. Right. And it's just going to be like, okay, Clemson's going to play some garbage team in the ACC championship game. Not garbage, but not as high caliber. They're going to win the ACC unless something else happens. I mean, I don't think maybe they're going to be an, there's going to be an upset here and there inside the ACC. I'm not talking about just like A&M coming them coming to A&M ne- this week, but like Boston College or Syracuse or somebody else is go- maybe going to win. I still think that Clemson is going to go to the na- to at least the playoff, not necess- maybe the national championship game. But you you have to look at it and going well. W- the ACC is a question mark. Miami is struggling, Florida State's struggling, Virginia mm. Tech looked very good, but again, we don't know Florida State, whether or not they're struggling, you know, what the what the status is there. And after that, that's it. You don't, you're looking at the top t- 25, you only have, those Those were the only ones in the top 25 was uh, Clemson, uh, Virginia Tech, and Florida State, and Miami were the only four teams from the ACC in the top 25. Wow. So we'll see. I think that's a story to follow the rest of the season is what happens with the ACC. But I, you, have to, you have to definitely say that maybe Miami was somewhat overrated. But, you know, we'll see. Now switching gears to Orlando. Orlando had a good neutral site game. Well, good if you're, if you're Nick Saban in the t- Crimson Tide. Right. But um, – Again, the ACC question mark. We thought Louis, people thought Louisville was probably going to put up a fight. Maybe even not. Okay, Mm-mm. going into it, I thought maybe they weren't going to win, but maybe they're going to put up four or five, three or four touchdowns. But instead, they go into this and they're like, "Well, we're down, whatever, thirty, whatever at halftime. What the heck?" And it's just. It's, it's seeing Alabama that dominant, even with question marks at quarterback, is for any college football fan, it's like, really? Like, Alabama is still, still that dominant? What's your takes on that? Let me start off right here. Jalen Hurts is not the starting quarterback. 
Fair. He has proven it to us last year through the national championship that he's not better than Tua. Uh, okay. I think it is crazy okay. if that Nick Saban hasn't made that point yet. He's young, athletic, can run, very smart with the ball. I liked what I saw from this week. I I, I, I mean, I agree with you, but I honestly, I think Jalen Hurts, the only reason why Tua is getting all this national attention is because what you you kind of play with a sense of adrenaline in the national championship game, and it's not like, oh, well, we're just a regular game. It's You're playing for a title, so... But that's when I, it matters the most. That's when you're supposed to play your best. Yeah, but you don't the know, best game. Okay, but you don't know what he was going to do in the regular season because he never played. And now, yes, he's throwing touchdowns and using his feet to run in, but Jalen Hurts, over the last season, was dominant. Look at him against... Mississippi State. Look at him against Arkansas. Arkansas. Look at him against Auburn for even for instance. Yes, they lost the game, but look at look at the the Alabama offense. There, that even either one they work with well, and it was curious to see the run game too. I just don't think I think Saban's got a tough decision because he doesn't want to leave Jalen Hurts on that bench for too long because then he's going to do like what happened here at A and M. And he's going to go transfer somewhere else. He's going to go find somewhere else where he can go play, where he can get the starting gig instead of sitting behind some freshman that's – or redshirt freshman, sorry, who's just like – no, sophomore. He's a sophomore, isn't he? Isn't Tua a sophomore? sophomore? Yeah. Yeah. Some sophomore's like, oh, I'm just out here running and throwing. I don't know. Whatever it is, I think Alabama will be perfectly fine with whatever quarterback he chooses. But my decision is Tua needs to start. Uh, well, and that's what uh, I would I will butt in here and say that Alabama uh, Saban did announce on on I believe he announced yesterday, yeah, yesterday that two is going to start on Saturday against Arkansas State. But I mean, again, he's probably only going to play like a quarter and a half. Right, Arkansas, Arkansas State. State. <laughs> and but again, you always have to focus on the small schools because. Those small schools sometimes sometimes give you some some mm-hmm. uh, trickiness. Like look at let's you know this is kind of tying into our next our next segment. But look at Utah State and Appalachian State. What they did mm. to Michigan State and mm-hmm. uh, Penn State respectively. I was very surprised when I saw I mean, Appalachian State was in overtime with Penn State. I was like, what what's was, going on here? I was coming back. I was running some errands on Saturday, so I missed those that afternoon game. But I was listening to them on the radio. Listening. And they said, oh, and we've got a tight one here in, in uh, Happy Valley. Penn State's tied with Appalachian State as we get ready to start overtime. I'm going, excuse me? Somebody went to overtime? And it's, <laughs> and mind you, you know what happened 11 years ago on Saturday? The famous Appalachian State-Michigan game in which Appalachian State upset Michigan. That was when uh, they were in the big house and uh, surprised everybody. Surprised literally everybody, and uh, and uh, took it, you know, like you know, surprised everybody and got the upset and named upsets like what we call today. Right. So um, it will be. I think it will be interesting to see what happens on. Sorry about that. I was trying. Charge my computer. Um, 
I think it'll be interesting to see later in the season what happens when those small teams kind of come into a big stadium. And of course, you're always they're getting paid to play there. You know, right? And they're playing. I think we paid. Uh, I think we paid Northwestern State close to a million dollars to play here at Kyle Field, just because we wanted a victory. I mean, right. So, um, but. Now, what about Kansas? I know you're a big since you're in the Big Twelve with Texas Tech. What, what, you guys? Kansas is good for basketball, but what happens in football? I mean, you, you, what, what? How do you root for? How do you be a fan in Lawrence when you can't like? Yeah, you just can't expect a win against Nichols State. I don't know. It could just could just been a bad game, but. It's looking good for Texas Tech. You know, it's another Big 12 team we don't have to worry about. Another, maybe another possible win for Cliff Kingsbury. Definitely needs all the ones he can get. But I'm not really focused on Kansas. I'm really focused on the powerhouse teams as in TCU and Oklahoma. So if we're talking right now, how many wins do you think Big 12-wise? Ooh. That's for, a hard one, George. For Texas Tech. <laughs> how many conference wins, in other words? Mm, let's see. Well, if I'd be honest with you, George, I say maybe two at the most. Two. Two. Yes. Kansas, Kansas, and Oklahoma State. I see. I see us being Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State. You, that's the ones you choose. That's those are the ones I choose, George. Um. Okay. I was going to say. I was going to say like three, but I mean, look at the say, schedule. Who'd say? Who's that? Well, they okay, don't so, see them. Maybe so, Kansas State. So Maybe let's see. Kansas Oklahoma State. State's a, Oklahoma State's a loss. West Virginia's a loss at at home. Um, TCU. Definitely a loss. I think I think it'll be closer, but I think that's a loss. Uh, Kansas is a win. That's one. Mm-hmm. Iowa State. I think it's a win. Iowa you think State you think so? I think. We don't know. We haven't seen them play because their game got canceled this week. But yes, I think but. I think Kansas. Iowa State, honestly, I think Texas is a is a win. Uh, Texas, mm, that's a big one. Which, which we s- could, which we can talk about Texas right. in just a second. Yes, yes. And uh, but I think, and Baylor possibly. I think that's one. What, one, two, mm. three. I'm thinking four, four. I'm thinking what four and five because you guys play nine games. Well, George, you you're being you're being very generous to us here in Lubbock. <laughs> generous? I, I'm not being generous. I'm being realistic here. You. Two wins is not realistic. <laughs> but, I mean, what would you say about A&M? Are you going to say, like everyone else in the country, four and four and lose all four SEC games that are on the road? Like, excuse me, I don't believe in that. I mean, I'm, we're not going to lose to Auburn, South Carolina, Mississippi State, and Alabama all oh, on the road. I don't know, George. I mean, look at your schedule. I, that's up to be a loss to Alabama. Yes, um, I agree with that one. Definitely a win against Kentucky and Arkansas. Yes, um, that's two. I think you all have a good chance against South Carolina. Okay, that's uh, Mississippi three. State should be a close game. You know, Benef- benefit of the doubt for the home or the way? What are you saying? Win or loss? Uh, I mean, you're away, but you never know with Mississippi State. Okay, well, so okay, and then so that's I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna use, use that for a toss up one. You know, it can go okay. either way. Okay, so then that's either. That's either at that point four yeah. conference wins or three. Definitely three. Wins. Uh, definitely, I think probably a loss against Auburn. 
That's uh, that's that's fair. Ole Miss. Um. Yes. Um, seeing how well, you considering, saw considering that Texas Tech pit up twenty-seven with the backup quarterback, I think I might have to give that one to you. But they also did pit up almost fifty. But I'm gonna give that a win to you. I want to see how the season starts off. You know, a lot of times, growing up at Aggie, I used to watch a lot of the games, and they'd start off really good the first four four games. They usually like three, four, and zero, oh, and you'd be like, okay, like this season. And then all it takes is one game against a big team, usually Alabama, and then after that, it just goes down south. Right. And y'all well, coming yeah, up but that was but that was Sumlin. That was the Sumlin era. Okay, November went out with Sumlin. Hopefully, coming in. We start. We go better in October and November. And I mean, looking at our schedule, we don't. We play one home game in October. We play three in September, three in November, one in October. It's a tricky schedule. I'm, I I don't like the way that they set us up, but with the scheduling. But just I mean, since y'all play, y'all play Clemson next week, and then two more weeks after that, y'all play Alabama. You know, y'all just y'all packing it on, and y'all have like other teams too, like Auburn. And who who else was it? Um, Mississippi State, South Carolina, LSU, right, Ole like, Miss, Arkansas. Yeah. LSU at the last game of the season. I'd like to see that game. I'd like to see the LSU A and M game. You know, that should be a good one. And I think actually for this year, the LSU game, like everyone says every year, oh, it's gonna be close. It's gonna be close. It's gonna be close. I think this year truly it will be close because the two, even just one game, maybe. As we go down to the season, it might be more of the one-sided that we, I think, or, or, you know, other way. But I think truly, truly, you know, without being trying to be too biased to A&M, I really think that LSU and the A&M game is going to be a close one. It's going to be a, like one score or three, three points or something. Right. But um, looking ahead to this week, any, any big, big upsets that you might – Put somebody on upset watch. Well, I mean, not big, but surprising. First off, I'd like to give a shout out to uh, Tom Herman for the first play of the game, declining the penalty because of Jordan McNair's death. That was a really class act. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, yes, I would. I, you know, I don't like to root for that school in Austin, but give him give him credit for declining the penalty and and you know being able to for both teams to respect what right. happened and. But let's talk about that bad Maryland ruining the homecoming, the first first game of the Tom Herman reign. The first game? This is Tom Herman's second season, Desmond. Ah. Because <laughs> they played Maryland last year and got to sh- and and Maryland beat them in Austin. They beat them in Austin last year. So, um, but either way, either way, it was still a way to spoil both years. And the funny thing is I saw a tweet from ESPN that said the only two teams since 2015 that Maryland has beat two times, mm-hmm. Rutgers <laughs> and Texas. That's it. That must be a little uh, little icing on a cake for an Aggie like yourself, right, George? Oh, are you kidding? Are you kidding? It's, uh-huh. it's, like, putting, it's like putting the whipped cream and cherry on top. Yeah, I've always, I've always wanted to see a rematch between Texas and A&M, like A&M the SEC. Now we don't, we don't we don't need it. They do. We're not until we need <laughs> it, and we both need it. We're we'll schedule it, but we don't need it. So, you know what? Kudos to our AD for saying, screw screwed. You know, sorry. We're just going to move on and uh, hope for the best. 
Yeah. So uh, I think if, if we're looking at somebody on upset alert, I would say uh, I would say Mississippi State against Kansas State. Uh, that's a big one. I would say um, watch out Arizona because U of H might come in and, and beat you. Right. Especially after losing the BYU to start the Seminole era. Never a good, never a good, uh, good estimate. And, uh, and, uh, so I think, I don't know, I think just looking at, uh, you know, moving forward and looking at North Texas, whatever they do this season, I'm going to, that's going to be my school to watch here besides Texas A&M. I really think there's good things going on there. If they're beating teams like SMU and other teams, then like by, you know, 20 points, and they're in the Conference USA, um, I think that's a good way to say that they're a good team. And, right. Uh, and so uh, I just – but I don't expect them to win the Conference USA. I just expect them to kind of move, go ahead and maybe, I don't know, win win their division but not their conference. Any Anything you wanted to add with a surprise maybe from this past week? I just like the uh... – the Appalachian State game this week that definitely surprised me you know again can't really trust the top 10s this early but you know whenever you beat a top 10 team in overtime in the first game being a small score really looks good on you yeah I, I definitely I agree um, uh, also I think for me it had to be Will Greer Will in mm, West mm. Virginia the Mountaineers in Charlotte they Tennessee they were all saying oh this is going to be a close game it's going to be a good game and then when West Virginia starts out, I think it was like 20 unanswered, something along those lines. At that point, it's just like, okay, Will Greer is showing showing off and showing that he can compete. So, Did it, um, is mark it my Gre- words, West Virginia, dark horse in the Big 12. Wasn't uh, Will Greer, is, he's also the uh, brother of the famous Viner, right? Nash Greer, and he used to play for Florida, correct? Yes, he did. He did. He transferred from Florida to West Virginia. Yeah, and uh, I think I think he really could win the Heisman if he keeps up those five touchdowns, and Oof. especially the Big Twelve when we no- see shutouts all the time. We literally see, or not shutouts. Sorry, shootouts mm-hmm. all the time. I don't see why not. I don't see why not. That's a, not a, a good uh, estimate. So, any last final thoughts? No, I'm, I'm just really excited for next week. I'm excited to see how Texas Tech responds. I mean, they have an easy win next week. I definitely would like to see uh, Saban's choice with uh, quarterbacks, even though I definitely have made my mind known. You know, it's definitely two yep. all the way. Yep. But uh, A&M Clemson's gonna be a big game. You know, I'm gonna have to watch that one. Uh, I think. I think. Don't forget 6 p.m. on ESPN for those of you <laughs> wanting to watch. And College Game Day will be here starting at That's 8 true. College Game Day. Cent- 8 a.m. Central. Coming to you live from outside of Kyle Field, and uh, we will we will bring some more segments and new segments next time we we uh, meet, which will be every Tuesday is what we've decided. I think is every Tuesday where we can digest the AP top ten or top twenty five, not just top ten, top twenty five, and look ahead to the following week's actions and look back on some of the games that were played. So. Um, and if you ever want to contact us, you can contact us at the 
q5podcast at gmail.com. Give us some insight as if you want to hear something on our podcast. And uh, from College Station and from Lubbock, Texas, I'm George Koff signing off for Desmond McLaughlin. And uh, you've been listening, and you were listening to the fifth quarter podcast of College Sports Fanatic. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody.